Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 140 of the Applog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by audible.com. Get a free audiobook, download, and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash Applog. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or Kindle Fire. Go get your free audiobook and your 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash Applog. Hey, Amazon shoppers. Do you like shopping on Amazon? I know a lot of you do. And if you do, why don't you go to appalog.ca slash Amazon. If you're from Canada or appalog.ca slash US Amazon, if you're from the United States, it's a redirect. You will be directed straight to Amazon, shop freely, and you will be supporting the show. It costs you no extra money and it helps the show out very much so. And if you want to do it the old school way, go to appalog.ca and click on the links on the right side. There's one for Canada, the United States, or the UK. Bookmark the links. Every time you shop on Amazon, use those links and shop and support the show. If you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. Cancel at any time. Buy a t-shirt by going to appalog.ca slash shop or buy the Foursquare discography for $20. Don't forget to tell a friend. Go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it five stars, please. It really does help out the show by telling friends, of course, and also by giving it stars and giving it a nice review. If you want to um, get caught up on the show's news and whatever's happening and you like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Pod and follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today, my guest is Dave Statham. Dave Statham and I go back about 26 years. Dave is one of the original members of a band called Voodoo Chicken, an Oshawa-based rock and roll punk rock band. Fun times. And if you're of my age, you probably would have seen Voodoo Chicken many, many times in the Oshawa area. They were kind of the hometown heroes of Oshawa. But Dave, Dave branched out into different things. He started this sort of greasy lounge act called Donnie Satin. Dave also hosted my wedding in 2001. Dave's a good guy. He's a good friend. He's got a sweet voice. And when you hear him, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's my friend Dave Statham on the Apple Podcast. That's been uh, like a big, big thing for years is trying to get a monitor, trying to hear myself. Yeah. And uh, everyone thinks you're a nut. You have a great voice. Thank you very much. I, so sassy. A lot of screaming, <laughs> screaming at an unfeeling God. But <laughs> you sing though, but you sing jazz standards and mm-hmm. that's your new, not new anymore. Jesus, how long have you been singing standards for now? Well, since I started singing. Since I first went law, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Dave Statham, we have known each other mm-hmm. twenty-six years since the early nineties. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Since I think that's then. when uh, everybody met everyone was like ninety ninety one. 
Yeah, and we all sort of all went managed to meet in Oshawa. Mm-hmm. Now, Oshawa was the meeting spot for all bands from Pickering because we were too chicken to go into the big city. That's not true either. <laughs> but we, we were all like, we all went to Oshawa. We all conjugated to the Ozone. I remember that mm-hmm. being a big place to hang out and then being a big place to hear alternative music and 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 playing shows and whatnot. And, oh, yeah. And your, your early days was Voodoo Chicken... Yeah, there's some some pictures floating around somewhere of Voodoo Chicken. Uh, I think, uh, like, I took a shot from behind Greg at the Ozone, I think it was. You're the second Voodoo Chicken alumni to be on the show, by the way. Ooh! Jay King was on the show. Over out. Last year, yeah. Oh, I'll be damned. So, we, we both have been in music for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's good parts of music. There's bad parts of music. There's there's the rewarding part. There's mm-hmm. the heartbreaking. There's the music and music industry in general is sort of like always runs the all those emotions and they put together and little and and it's like sometimes like I've been thinking about this lately. Sometimes you think about when you have your little victory, mm-hmm. but now we're older. That little victory don't mean shit. Like it's like that was not a big little victory. We got a way. We got our fifty bucks. You know, we fought for it or something. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, when you've been doing it this for so many years. It's not like instant gratification is just not going to happen anymore. No. Can you get something going and sustain it? Yeah, that's uh, that is success. Well, yeah, it's absolutely. And when you become more of like like me, where I become more of a hobbyist when it comes to playing music, I enjoy the fact that I can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. There's no like. I have left all those hardships behind. I've left all those sort of the, all the the jealousy and all the rage. I've left it all behind. You know, I've just said, I'm going to have fun doing this until mm-hmm. the last breath I take. Because if I don't, there's obviously, there's a cutoff part in your life where you're like, well, I'm not going to be huge. I'm not going to be a big star. I'm not going to be. But you never know. You never you know. You never know. Never know. You could, uh, you could write something, some little 30 second thing. It could end up in a hip hop tune. Yeah checks start showing up yeah that's true and we are in we're in a time now where that can happen there there is a way i mean if you have no shame at all there's a way for anyone (laughs) to get famous that's true that's true what do you think of the new way like people on youtube and cream rise the top stuff like that hmm uh you know i saw and i'm sure it's in no way accurate but it's a fairly entertaining film um the chet baker movie that uh What's his face just did there? Anyways, mm. I'm watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, when was the last time musicians were great big superstars? People were screaming their names. Mm-hmm. You are so good at expressing yourself with that instrument. Mm-hmm. You know what? The notes you're playing are really hitting me. Uh, it's like people are a little more focused on, uh, hey, what's your media presence like? Or, yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I've, I've noticed that attention spans are less and less mm. and less with every year, with every generation that comes up based on the fact there's just so m- much information coming at you that it's really hard to obtain a reference of what is important. You know, you, I've been at rock concerts and I've been at shows where I'm looking around and I'm like completely, you know, fixated on the band and I'll look around there's a lot of people just on their phones texting mm. and things like you know, that I'll, I'll never forget I went with uh, I think I was actually with Jason King and a bunch of others and we went to see uh, Beck the Midnight Vultures tour at Maple Leaf Gardens Danko Jones was opening wow 
And uh, they it was like they were trying to keep Danko Jones down. The sound was, you know, they were... Yeah, the old way of, uh, yeah. yeah. They, they handcuff were, your sound. They were audible. Yeah. And then Beck comes out, and the crowd was just... I don't know what they were expecting, but uh, mm. they were just sitting there, and you could tell the band was pissed. Yeah. Like the bass player took his bass off and just slammed it down when they were finished and walked off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it... it there's a there's a way that sometimes Toronto is a bit complacent when it comes to you know saturation of music but and also I think Beck has like you know flirted with the uh, the edges of pop yeah. enough that he's got pop at the time had these pop fans mm-hmm. that weren't uh, so much into the other stuff probably the other stuff he's doing yeah yeah they want to hear loser like eight times <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh yeah well and that was what that was twenty odd years ago. Right? Yeah. Maple Leaf Gardens is still open. It's almost... When did Maple Leaf Gardens close? Oh, I Early 2000s. Saw but, Radiohead there. Oh. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I've never seen Radiohead. Man. I've never seen them. That, it was the uh, OK Computer. Yeah. I believe. Uh, that was got to be in the top three shows I've ever seen. Someone actually mentioned that. Like, I was thinking about, like, he's like, Tom York, he's a rock star. And you're like, well, he seemed like a trippy old British guy. He seemed... But no, but he's an actual rock star. Like... He performs like a rock star. Yeah, like there was like, uh, it was just all this fire coming from the stage, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lots of passion. Yeah. And it was artistic and uh, it was really a fantastic show. Yeah. I mean, I think of all the fun shows that I've seen and I, I always like, the ones I remember the most are usually the ones I'm at the back, very back. Like mm-hmm. I saw, I saw Crowded, you're going to laugh, I saw Crowded House on their first album tour. 1987, and it was one of the best concerts still today. Like I'm going to laugh eventually or yeah, right no, now? I don't know if you're going to laugh. But you... <laughs> oh, I did just then. You're yeah, right. You you're right. Yeah. I walked right into that one. But it was a, it was a, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. I love Crowded House. It was one of the best shows, and they were entertaining. They were funny, and there was nowhere else I'd rather be. And I remember we were on the lawns, and I thought we could sneak a little, but then, and I thought, no, I like it back here. I can hear it better. And I was mm. the very back. I could touch the gate. Uh, of of Kings of Music Theater, yeah, and it was like this is a happening, and and that's what I think mi- is missing a little bit today is that the happenings aren't as frequent as they used to be. I mean, I saw Deftones at Warp Tour, and it was like same a thing. It was like what the what the fuck is this? Like what is happening? Why is this so good? And well, that was yeah, that was like the first time I went to the Warp Tour with yeah. uh, with Jay and a couple other gnarly dudes. Was it at and, the uh, uh, docks? The one in, at the docks? In Montreal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim White, Mike Vandermeer, and myself. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Jay King. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were far enough back from the stage. Like, you know, you, you sort of, when you go to these uh, outdoor festivals, you set up a camp. and Like, okay, this is where we're going to stand. Yeah, yeah. It's where we meet. We're all drinking beer. Somebody go get the next round. Yeah, yeah. Come back and you get this conveyor system going. Right. So getting close to the end of the day, our camp ended up just in the beer tent. Yeah. Um, but it was it was great being that far back from the stage because mm-hmm. it, was, it was just a zoo. Yeah. It was a friggin' zoo. Yeah, I remember. And every band was so good like that year. Yeah. That was the Bad Religion. Like that will never happen again. Yeah, Bad Religion, All. Um, Deftones. Deftones. Reverend Horton Heat. Yeah. Rancid. Yeah. It was nuts. That was in because I, I saw I worked it at the at the amph- or sorry at the docks. Did you say bad religion already? Bad religion, yep. yeah. And even them, like there were so many things, and they had that school bus stage. They had this school. Yeah, I've, I played on one of those before. Oh my god, 
that was the one that where the thing there's the the side of it tipped out and they made a stage out of it and it was such a finger biter like i am going to lose my fingers on this and it was just and you open it up and there's a guy sleeping in between the wall and the pa because it all gets stored inside and this <laughs> is and oh it's six in the morning by the way like they mm. probably just rolled in from somewhere crazy um yeah but i had, I had kevin lyman on the show last year last year there's not earlier this year and uh he's trying to you know what i mean like it's i think what happens is we get older and then the music stays the same at the age you know yeah like, like our tastes have frozen at a certain spot yeah uh, I, I, yeah in, 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 to an to an extent we have a threshold of of being in crowd i do i have a threshold of being in a crowd for a certain period of time i want to know where all the exits are I want to know. <laughs> well, I've always been like that too, but for, probably for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. What's yours? Well, I just I'm always expecting ninjas to come through the windows. Yeah. I like yeah. to sit in the corner of a restaurant or something like that. I like to see if someone's coming <laughs> with a knife. Yeah, yeah. Always having an eye out. Like I yeah. thought it was always interesting because it was all those years of touring where you could go somewhere else to be in a room or in a cold space where it's air conditioned and it's quiet. I enjoyed those times. I enjoyed going and watching the show. But then when you're in with the general population and you know there's nowhere else to go mm -hmm. that's where i start getting desperate We're like holy crap i gotta go i gotta get out of here that sar stock would have been hard for you yeah no i watched it from afar on tv yeah <laughs> acdc was awesome did yes. you see it oh yeah i was live there. yeah they just blew everybody yeah, like, away some of us went to a beer tent we tried to get back to our spot and we got like halfway down and realized we were on the wrong side oh, of these trailers that they had lined up yeah yeah like it was, it was just so massive i couldn't tell how far off we were there was over a but there was almost a million what was it eight hundred thousand something people something like that crazy oh man i was tired i worked the one in the at the sky dome they had a sars thing that was i think either before or after i can't remember but the stage was 12 feet off the ground so when you looked at the stage, you were looking at the platform was like 12 feet off the ground. And my big joke was, is so the SARS wouldn't catch the bands, wouldn't catch the SARS. It was like, yeah, you were up. I don't know if you know Skydome, but they have that second tier. Mm -hmm. But it was about almost as high as that. When you looked up the backstage area, it was almost as high as the second tier of the seats. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. It was like somebody built the stage way too high. And that was the one that actually I saw bare naked ladies completely command a whole full audience of people. And I've always, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of mm. their, 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 cause I always saw they were a good live band, yeah, yeah. but the way they could just completely command the whole stadium. You know, I was, I was thinking of them just the other day. I had the, the radio on and, uh, Brian Wilson came on. Yeah. And I remember I went with, uh, Sue McCallum. She took me to see them when the first album came out at the Civic Arena. Okay, yeah. And I remember the screaming started like he played one note. Mm. He's strumming a chord or something. The, mm. the, the picking at the beginning of Brian Wilson. He mm. hit the first note and the place went totally shithouse. <laughs> and it, I had to wait for them to quit screaming before I could tell what song they were playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Stephen Page yesterday. Last oh, night, no his way. son plays in the Richmond Hill Philharmonic Orchestra. Holy shit. And as I was coming out the booth, he was walking through the thing. And I'd just seen, because Trans Canada Highwaymen just played our venue two months ago. Hmm. And I told him the story, because the very first time I met the Bare Naked Ladies is when the Heebie-G were opening for them at Bowmanville High School. And uh, the promoter wow. had to get stakes for the whole band. 
but she got stakes for all the bands, but I was the sound guy for the opening band, mm. so I ate her steak. <laughs> so so it was like, uh, I told him that story. I said, well, everybody was eating steaks, and the promoter caught me like two months later and said, you ate my steak. <laughs> I was like, Sorry. But don't, I did. I ate don't her steak. Leave food around me. So I told him that story. He has absolutely no memory of it. I think he's like, I think I remember steaks. And they were telling me about the real. It was him and Ed were telling me about the real statics. Like it was a you know crazy moment because they had just kind of broken into the the mainstream with the cassette. But you could tell like they were just well on their way. Yeah. To being you know. Yeah, and and thanks to uh, was it Barbara Hall? Yeah. Kept them from. No, your name is Barenaked Ladies. Yeah, yeah, that's That'll great. cause sex madness in the streets. Yes. And there was also the, uh, what was the um, the art exhibit they called, they said Barenaked Ladies, and it was like, they showed like busts of of statues, of naked statues, and I think they called themselves the something exhibit. I can't remember what the whole story is now. Fuck, I, I wish Man. I remembered it. But they had made shirts that was their art exhibit, that they made into their T-shirts. Uh, oh, can't remember what it was called now. Yeah, whoever we'll fact check that, we'll figure it out. But yeah, good good times. So let's talk about you. <laughs> let's talk about you, because. <clears throat> All right, what do you need to know? I don't know. What makes me tick? Yeah, what makes you what, tick? What Dave made Statham? me? What made me stop ticking? Did your mom call you David when she was mad at you? Uh, yeah, yeah. There was some commercial I remember when I was a kid where you'd hear someone go David, and I would just get a. The cold chills. <laughs> Blood would run cold. You know, that's my wife's favorite name. Dave. Hmm. 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 In fact, um, I do know. We, we are a unique race of people. I, where did Dave come from? It was, David is a very religious name. Cause there was. I heard it means beloved. Oh. Hmm. So, uh, Oshawa. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. Yeah. What was Oshawa like in the, uh. Uh, well, I grew up uh, way on the outskirts by Durham College when it was one small building. Mm-hmm. North. North. North End. Yep. Um, you were up there with the other rich folk. But, no, it was uh, like a sort of, you know, a, a neighborhood you would find anywhere yeah. in the city. Okay. It just happened to be a small neighborhood and way out in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's uh, everything's growing in around it now. Yeah, it is pretty crazy driving by Durham College and seeing mm. like it's it's yeah. I mean, the, everything's going to end up going as far. If anybody knows the area of Durham, but it's going to go as far as Taunton Road, and then there is a certain limitation of how far north it can go because there's the Oak Ridges Moraine, yeah, which is undevelopable. Well, Winchester okay. seems to be at the limit now. Yeah, Winchester's that's up by even. Like Winfield Farms is all grown in with, with houses. <laughs> that used to be Thunderbird Golf Course, right? Winchester? Is that Winchester? Duh. Did they call it Thunderbird? I thought it was called Thunderbird. I don't know. Yeah. That's up by where my parents lived. Mm. Yes. Um, but, I mean, growing up in Oshawa, I've talked to people like Will McGurk, yeah. who is an Oshawa kid. He was a South Oshawa kid. Oshawa had it sort of a stigma attached to it of being kind of rough, blue collar, um, Bikerish, yeah. Well, you know, there was a bit of a biker presence and GM and all that. Mm-hmm. Got a bit of a lunchbox reputation. Yeah, but it was a. I mean, the whole idea that because it was blue collar, that people kind of maybe looked at it disparagingly. 
because Pickering was sort of like the the power station, and you know. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But there was like, I mean, there was a strong punk rock and yeah. metal presence, mm-hmm. like any sort of like, I guess, town that's it's not it's struggling a little bit to become like an entity that punk rock always seems to sort of like poke out yeah almost like the opposite of like suburbia punk rock which is like they just you know what i mean like pickering was suburban punk rock yeah oshawa seemed more gnarly gritty legit yeah like uh, metal and punk rock no what was i gonna say um yeah that's true i don't really know what uh what the scene is these days i mean there's a there's still a pretty good punk scene, but there was like I remember there was always, always these shows going on at every little hall, and there'd be like you know twenty bands, yeah, and these were happening all the time. I don't know if yeah, if there was, was nothing else happening on shows. Yeah, no, I don't know. I know that <clears throat> I know that Oshawa has a bit of a live scene still, mm-hmm. but I mean back then it seemed way more magical. And we weren't in the grip of yeah, like we know. made it ourselves, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and there was well, he was a guy like Gary Begner, mm-hmm. and there was even Jay, Jay, yeah. and all these well, people. Especially Jay. Jay, absolutely. Jay. I remember many trips uh, hitting high schools all around, like going as far as uh, like Port Hope, <laughs> putting up posters around high schools, yeah, promoting shows. Yeah, is that Voodoo Chicken Days? Uh, or was that just it was after that? Yeah, after that he was putting on these shows all the time. And he's, you know, well, we should mention the Moon Room then. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is a reason a lot of the bands came to Oshawa. Yeah, it was Carrie and Jay. Yeah. There were good places to play, and Jay was putting on shows, and yeah, there was, uh, you know, an awesome stage for these young bands to play on at the Moon Room. Yeah. And the Moon Room and the Eclipse. And the Eclipse. Yeah. Bravo, Carrie King. I know. Yeah, and she was funny. Nowenski at the time. Yes, that's right. There was always, um, I mean, it was always fun to, because I worked there for a little bit doing sound. It mm. was always fun because bands would come in and they would be like, there's this pretty young lady dealing with stuff who's so nice and so yeah. willing to accommodate. And you're like, what? We've got a place to rest? There's a couch? <laughs> yeah. You're bringing us drinks? We got what? food? Oh my God. Yeah. You're treating us like people. What's going on here? Yeah. And so that was sort of a start of... I mean, Carrie also, NJ, Carrie did like those compilation records mm-hmm. that I had a lot to do with it in the early days. And she just really was just an empire mm. of, of and, a, and a pillar to like what became the independent music scene in, in Oshawa yeah. in the early 90s. Well, that was, that was like a perfect storm. You know, there was a lot of really talented bands that were different enough, but could still play together. And, and there hung was out, good yeah. venues and good shows. There wasn't a lot of like... Uh, ego and attitude i that i remember no you know that was a toronto thing seemed like <laughs> i guess yeah, yeah 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 and then and then yeah there was a sense of community and there was a sense of something that was like you know youngness and uh, just being young and being mm-hmm. enthusiastic and and all that stuff and i mean do you do you still have that sort of underlying kid in you oh yeah i get annoyingly excited when uh you know, if there's a, a tune I am uh, very excited about playing and mm-hmm. the crowd seems to be working out all right. Yeah. The tune went well in rehearsal. I know I'm just going to kill it. And, yeah, yeah. You know, there's this great big note at the end. I'm going to nail it. Everyone's going to freak out. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Because you, you still perform, right? Yeah. You still. And because that's something that's neat because you kind of just sort of broke out on your own. Really? It is It is, it is weird. Be like being in a scene, you're part of a band to just 
being on your own. Yeah. Walking the land alone. <laughs> you like the sound of these headphones, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, be, to be able to, though, but to be able to sort of make your own industry kind of in the way is what you did. Was was it alongside of when you were working? Because you were working a real job at the time. Yeah, I was, I was at GM. Well, I mean... You know, you're making it sound like I put some effort into this. Well, you did. I, I got to stop you right there. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, that Donnie Satin character was something that was... Oh, yeah. Well, that was just a... Yeah, that was a thing that happened out of nowhere, but... Uh... But it was like... But come on. That was pretty powerful stuff because you're playing punk rock shows as the MC, and you're completely like almost this close to getting yourself either the shit kicked out of you or <laughs> getting in a fight or pissing somebody off. All in the name of like... It was almost like wrestling. You know what I mean? You kind of yeah. took... Took, it felt like, I mean, like, because Al Nolan was always sort of like that wrestling yes. kind of like bad guy. And you guys sort of like, because you would, you would MC for a lot of trigger happy shows. Yeah. Yeah. We love words. <laughs> words are powerful. Yeah. You can make people look real dumb if yeah. you pick the right words. Absolutely. And when, when you have like the thing that, that what you were doing, I thought that was, that was brilliant because you're like, <laughs> just completely and there was was there ever times where you're like i think i've taken this too far i've crossed mm. over into dave statham world and now you know oh uh, did you leave it at the door and i don't know i i was always very worried about stepping on toes you know for the for the kind of wiring i have i'm definitely in the wrong industry <laughs> well no, explain explain um I, i'm just i'm very uncomfortable promoting myself yeah but uh I just, if I could, uh, you know, have like, do like Katy Perry did, you know, put, put me in a little apartment, have cameras on me, whatever, have me performing 24 hours a day. I can sure. do that. Yeah. Just dealing with, uh, promoting myself. I, I just, it. Well, a lot rough. of people can't do that. No. I mean, a lot of people can create and a lot of people can, can be business people, but not a lot of people can be both. No. It's a tough thing to be both. No. And it's, it, uh, you know, yeah, I, let it kind of bug me when, uh, like sometimes people are just so very good at promoting themselves, you know? Yeah. Here's a, for instance, like, uh, Joe Bonamassa, mm -hmm. fine guitar player. He gets a lot of flack for, I guess, being too commercial or whatever. Got booed at the blues awards or some such thing. Mm -hmm. But here's a dude that promotes the hell out of himself. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not saying like he is a fantastic guitar guitar player, that's for sure. But uh, but he's got a he's got a thing going. He certainly yeah. does. Because I I got signed up to his whatever I checked out his website one day, and I'm getting stuff all the time. And he's you know all kinds of merchandise you can get, and every once in a while he'll just send out a compilation album of his tunes. Mm -hmm. Like he he works. He's certainly uh, doing everything right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the industry and the and the, where everything is going with the landscape of the music business, that's what you got to do. You know, yes. it's a tough yes. thing to, to, it used to have be like a team working for you and there used to be that guy did the radio stuff and that guy did that stuff and that guy got beers and that guy, you know what I mean? Like mm. there was always like a team of people that all had a job and now what they've done is they've made it, put it upon the artist to yeah. become that one person machine and then it still is what can you, sh what can you do? Mm -hmm. Show me what you can do. And then a lot of people become like they kind of fake it and they make like oh i have two million twitter followers and they're all little legs and they're all like fake twitter yeah. followers so they will 
perpetuate this myth about themselves. Right, right. That it's really hard to actually... It's, it's not an actual picture of a spaceship. It's been photoshopped. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, you know, and I get it sometimes here with the show where some people says, I have... Yeah, we're we're a really popular band, and they go, okay, great, let's do let's do it. This is awesome, mm. and it's like bumpkiss, you know what I mean? And then there's just normal, cool people that know people, and then it flowers into this neat, successful mm. episode. So is it's always like a weird situation when you deal with people who are trying to be successful. Yeah, does I think it's all coming around now where it's like people who want to be successful sometimes might cut a few corners to become successful i think all i am you know to my to my detriment all i'm really focusing on is doing the best possible job i can do when i get on stage mm -hmm. and all other aspects of it make makes me uncomfortable yeah and that's unfortunate because that's only a third of what the job is mm -hmm. <laughs> now you know having said all that yeah i think i've got a pretty damn good command of my instrument these days yeah like i was telling you before we started recording about how i'm tearing everything apart yeah like all my muscles were all knotted up now my you know stretched open my voice box mm -hmm. it's uh it, uh you know my whole neck and my chest and back and i can pull in volumes of air very quickly and mm -hmm. i'm much more on pitch like all that stuff just oh, gets me so excited yeah i love the mechanics of it yeah yeah, but there's also, like I said, there's also the uh, the other stuff. The show. The sh well, there's the show, and there's also the before the show, there's the after the show, there's the mm. your life and who you are and what you do. Hey, if you want to promote me, I'll... I'll promote you. I'll shoot you some corn, bud. I'm promoting you right now. All right. <laughs> I also do voice work. Yeah. Hear that voice, folks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can make anything sound sexy. There you go. Okay, let's talk about, uh, okay. Um, Stucco siding. There you go. How about, uh, you know, those those things they put in your butt to stop the hemorrhoids? What are they called? The supplements, the uh, butt supplements. Uh, go. Well, you made me, uh, oh, suppositories. <laughs> suppositories, that's it. Suppositories. <laughs> I like that. Let's take one, uh, a little less, suh, uh, suh. Uh, <laughs> then we'll do one for safe. <laughs> for safe. Do another suppository. We'll do yeah, suppository. Suppositories. <laughs> That's good. You're pretty good. Thank you. Pretty good. So, uh, what are you doing with um, music these days? Because I know, I uh, last time I spoke to you, you were like gonna get on a plane to fly out east and do something. That was a long time ago. Oh, now. that was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I've been on a cruise ship since then. Yeah. So, talk about that. Woo. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, well, it was uh, pretty cool. I saw the Caribbean. I saw all, most of Europe. How many shows were you, like, uh, were you... Like three sets a day. Really? Every day. Did you get to fraternize with the uh, public? Uh, yeah, have, you know, friendly chit-chats, yeah. You make right. some friends. And yeah. So you cool. were, like, the entertainment guy? Uh, well, they had the show band, and then they would bring in guest entertainers. Okay. I was singing with the jazz trio. Mm -hmm. So we would do tunes for dancing and then uh, play in the, whatever the steak restaurant joint was upstairs, the bar, mm -hmm. uh, just tunes for listening. Yeah, yeah. Playing jazz standards. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Sexy tunes. I yeah, miss, I miss cool. you know, I, have, I know people I work with who now do the 
the ships or done the ships mm-hmm. and you're like, God, I feel like I kind of missed out on that whole. Well, <clears throat> I mean, maybe you could still do it. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, there's guys I've played with in Swing Shift. Yeah. Uh, you know, horn players. Was there one of those crazy parties where you show your wiener? Swing Shift? Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so those ones where they uh, put the keys in a bag and everybody yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, okay no i've been singing with uh you know let's clear this up i've been singing with swing shift an 18 piece swing band for the last 15 16 years or so yeah how does one organize a rehearsal because i know that when i get three of my other people i play in a band with it's impossible to organize a scheduled uh a rehearsal well it's just uh everyone knows it's every tuesday okay so it's like hockey uh, I suppose so, yeah. Because <laughs> when I'm trying to get two or three other people on board to rehearse or record or whatever, it's oh, always yeah. like this big, long, like, well, I got Monday next week, and then we wait to Thursday night the week after that, and then we can probably maybe, but that's all I got, you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody's got their lives, and everybody's too busy. But this is the thing. like, So so, so the Swing Shift, the band, have you recorded records? Oh, yeah, we've made a bunch of CDs. We just made a new one. Yeah. Um, standards, all standards. Uh, yeah, time time tested. Okay, toe tappers. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I finally get to do uh, charade. It's Bobby Darren. Uh huh. The Bobby Darren version of the Henry Mancini classic. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, are you reaching deep into the bag on certain records, or are you just like? Because I know some people get weird, deep, make different. Like, no, 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 no. It's not. Uh, you know, we're not experimenting with sound shapes or anything. yeah 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 um yeah just uh you know big band kicking ass really super fun 18 people mm-hmm. how do y'all fit in the van Ugh. do you all, take all two depends vans? on all depends on how we're stacked <laughs> do you take two vans and a trailer like how do you do you guys uh, tour like what's no no no. we've got what have we got something coming up thursday yeah a, a wedding somewhere oakville i think i've played that place before that's a thing right like weddings oh uh, yeah yeah oh i've done a mess of weddings yeah Woo. you you emceed our wedding i did as almost uh it was in 2001 oh dear i know right some people have still said it's one of the best weddings they've ever been to hmm. karaoke in between the band i was so jealous that you did uh sister christian sister christian and that i didn't was, get to that was mine well it was my <laughs> night i know i know <laughs> You had <laughs> every right to First rob me pick. of that. I remember my friend, Andre- my friend Andreas had to be the, the karaoke DJ. Yeah. And he was like, people were like, I want to do this song. He's like, you have to write it on a piece of paper. <laughs> you know, he's like this major casting guy down in LA now. Like, Oh. Yeah. yeah. He's like a guy who, he, him and his buddy or his partner devised a way for casting agents to use like software that he, him and his buddy wrote. Where when you go to a casting call, you're using most of it now as like his software that him and his buddy wrote, huh? To it, database it all and make it all like it's a thing. Hmm. Now, now it used to be like he's completely changed. And now there's other people kind of doing the same thing, but they were doing this like he moved to L.A. and you're like, okay, I'll see you in a year or so. And that mm-hmm. was like fucking twenty years ago. Wow, good. For yeah, him. yeah. So now he's down there full time. Married. I've been flirting with the idea of going down there to get doing voice work. Really? No. What about Nashville? Would that be a place to go do stuff like that? That's I guess closer. every every major city would would have a need for. Well, Nashville for voice seems work. closer though, right? It's ten uh, hours away. Uh, well, I mean, in for a, in for a penny, in for a pound, you know. Yeah, I suppose if you're halfway there, you might as well go to L.A. Sure. I've been in L.A. a long time. I was supposed to go to, ironically, my buddy Andres's wedding reception, 
But I had to buy a lawnmower. Ah. Yeah. Life got in the way. More important than a plane ticket. I know. Well, see, I the, like, I have some lawn out there. I, I'm not going to... looks very nice. Thank you. Yard, really... Yard's looking great. <laughs> Thanks. So you're, uh, you, got a, you got a record. You're doing... Uh... Well, I did a bunch of CDs. Well, I've done, I think, four with Swing Shift. Mm-hmm. Where I do like you know, four, three or four tunes on each one. Yeah. And then uh, Larissa Renee, the female singer, does her tunes. Some duets in there. It's far yeah. out. And I made, a, made my own CD in 2011 with uh, yeah, all these uh, recipients of the Order of Canada. What? All of me, yeah. Who? Joe Seeley on piano. Yeah. And Dave Young on bass and Terry Clark on drums. So how do you get these people? Oh, I know. Yeah, I was talking to James B. Yeah. And uh, he gathered them together. It was, I think it was the second last or last thing that Peter Appiard recorded. Really? I know. Because you had like this, the Rex, you were down at the Rex a lot. I remember that. Around yeah, I was there uh, yeah, a couple months ago when the CD came out. Yeah. Man. And really? there wasn't even standing room. Yeah. My friend Lori comes in, she says hi, and she had, had to go. There was nowhere to stand. Really? It's oh, crazy. Dude. Look at you. I love that. We pack that place. Jam it full. Yeah. I've never been there. It's awesome. I know. Oh. Well, uh, we're doing a thing in Bowmanville on the uh, 27th of July. Okay. At the, uh, what is that park there? Rotary Park. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Outdoor, is it a part of, uh, what's it a part of? Just your, a thing? Your life. Yeah. It's going to be a part of your life. It's going to be a part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. You know, you're still playing music. You know, do you do anything like other than play music? Like, do you have like a day job? Like... I do the music, I do voiceovers, I you know do extra work. Yeah. You see some piece of meat walking through the background? That's me. That's you? Mm. Well, what's the last one you worked on? Uh, what did I do? I was on a thing called, I think they're re-imagining Three Days of the Condor. Mm-hmm. The show is called Condor. <laughs> Two days. Yeah. <laughs> so is that, <clears throat> I mean, that's, because who else does that? Dave Kiner. Does a lot of extra work and stuff like that. Used Ooh. to be a Mel Havoc. Okay. Yeah. And how do you how do you get started in that? Like like do you just Well it's uh you just get some pictures, you go to the place. Yeah. They actually I didn't even get pictures for them. I just went there and you pay to sign up with them, mm-hmm. but you get that back your first job. And it can be quite fun. You can have some fun stories. Yeah. I was getting fitted for a Star Trek uniform. Ooh. And uh, Rain Wilson comes walking in, who played Dwight Schrute on The Office. Yeah, yeah. Says, good morning. Oh, man. And I was all, good morning. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. And then he walked away? Yep. Yeah. Well, he is playing uh, a character named Harry Mudd, who was in the Trouble with Tribbles episode. Yeah. And if Star Trek had gone four seasons, this guy was going to be a regular. So oh. now... Rain Wilson is playing Harry Mudd in the new series that's coming out. Amazing. I know. He was great in Six Feet Under. You ever see him in Six Feet Under? I didn't. I he was awesome. I think I saw one episode. He of was show. one of the Undertaker. It's like the, he came in as like a, just as a, um, what do they call it? Like a co-op kind of thing. Mm. And he lived there and uh, he was just such a nutty person. Like his whole character. And his, like his actual character is nothing like the actor that he kind of always portrays, which is like this super neurotic, weird mm. kind of dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's super great. Ooh, he's a very nice fellow. Yeah. Yeah. But to to do that stuff, like, 
do you have a fear like of of like everything yeah do you do you fear the fact that like that maybe i don't know do you fear like normality like do you fear uh i don't know maybe i how how deep do we gotta want to go here i think i just don't i just plain don't trust myself with uh these responsible adult jobs really well i was you know i was trapped in gm for a long time like yeah that's a normal job. 18 years that's a normal job like that's what one might call (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and i i surprisingly i didn't care for it yeah um but you know you, you start to find out some things about yourself and you're like yeah that was actually the worst possible thing I could have done to myself. Was it a so? What you're doing now is that a pushback from 18 years of working for like I don't mean quote unquote the man or um w- well not not ju- really a pushback. I mean I just I enjoy enjoy doing it and I can can now do more of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but I mean the whole idea that like because everybody reaches a part in their life where like you know I don't want to I just I can't deal with certain things like well there's always a reaction. That yeah. pushes you back. And down well, the situation sort of presented itself. Like I yeah. was working away and it, hating it like I always did. Yeah. And uh, then they started offering these buyout packages. I mean, there was, I had been there, I had been there long enough to get the maximum buyout. Right. Plus I was able to leave right away. Okay. And anybody else, they were close enough to retiring or they're like, I'm going to stay for another five years and retire. Mm-hmm. And I had another however many, you know, decade, decade and change or... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Way more than that, actually. Yeah. But, uh... But that's your it was, whole it life. Just, it just made sense to get out of there. Yeah, and you that's pretty much your whole life. 18 years is at that point would have been... It was, yeah, you know... From what I, age did you start there? Um, like 19, I think. Right. And these were very serious, formative years, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, to have to hear the stories about every, all this, all the awesome things everyone was doing and they're mm-hmm. jamming with these people and those people and having great times and I'm stuck in a metal box no. for hours. Yeah. And that, that is what contributed to my body locking up. Yeah. So just moving around has been excruciating. Some people are built to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not built to do stuff like that. And although... I would make sacrifices if I had like kids and wife and a responsibility like that. But yeah, you had certainly. none of that. You had no. no like kids or anybody to deal with. So at the age of nineteen, all you know is responsibility. Yeah. Get up at what so God knows. Yeah, how. So you're you're hating it so much. So when you get out of there, you're like, oh, screw this. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go buy a guitar. Yeah. Screw you, world. Yeah. No, I get and, it. I, and I just pissed through everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But who, I mean, I, so so if you're 19 and so you're in the early 30s, they're giving you a buyout. Still, I still think between the age of 27 and 30 is that time where you're like either get your shit together or, you know what I mean, where you yeah. make different decisions in life because yeah. life is creeping up, you know. Like yeah. Yeah. But that's a good thing because you can put things in into if you're smart enough, you will put things into a priority system, and then you'll just yeah execute the things you want to do. Well, <clears throat> you know, getting back to the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, getting back to this sort of you know learning about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sort of see how I operate now, and I know that um, 
you know, I just have to kick my ass to do things and then I'll start doing shit. I forget, forget how this tied in together. What were you just talking about? Well, I was just saying you put things in a priority, you know, as you get older, you start understanding mm. yourself is what you yeah. said. You start understanding about the things that either set you off or the things that motivate you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like, sure. I mean, that's, that's why you get older. I, I think, I don't know if it sounds like what I was getting at, but it's like, I, I tend to activate when my back is against the wall Yeah, and at no other time. Right. <laughs> so do you let everything get to a certain spot and then go, ah, and yes. Then, okay. Yeah. Things are really screwed up. There's, uh, you know, some guys outside the front door with a battering ram. It's time to, <laughs> time to spring into action. Yes. Yes, definitely. Fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. But is that... But hey, getting, you know, getting jumped behind Simcoe's taught me a lot about that too. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, growing up there as well, you know, when... God, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like I was playing there yeah. a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. A bunch of dumb drunk kids and... Yeah. I got jumped behind the place. What? Yeah. yeah. But I learned about myself. Yeah. Everything turned into the Matrix. Okay. I was having razor sharp thoughts at the speed of light yeah and everything slowed right down yeah that's yeah. again there's the thing i'm just i'm a useless blob yeah. until the shit gets real hot yeah and then i'm the guy that you should come to yeah no i know you know and you've you've always been a person in the scene that has been you're you're still the same person i mean that's that that is to an extent a good thing you know mm. but but as you get older in life and you start, you know what I mean? Like some people change, you know, and they change, they become more embittered, they become more, and you, you aren't that, you know, you seem to be uh, more, well, I mean, this is my, only my. I think, you know, I, I don't think I've gotten any more crusty. I just think it's more focused. <laughs> my crustiness. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean. I've, I'm, I'm better at pinpointing the things that drive me insane. Yeah. And then when those things persist. Yeah. Then I get real. But when it comes, I mean, to go back to the GM days when stuff like that would be like, would you be able to deal with things in a certain situation if things got tense? Like, were you uh, were you that same person then, or or were you always sort of like more complacent? Saying, well, you know, no, you know, I remember a confrontation with uh, one of my supervisors, mm -hmm. and you know he he was on immoral ground. Maybe he wasn't wrong. Sure. But, you know, I, I worked hard in that place in incredible pain sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, never let a job go past that I couldn't fix myself. Never once. Mm -hmm. And this guy was giving me shit for, you know, not beating the light enough times. Even though my entire body was seized up. Right, right. And I think I was like, I had eaten five Tylenol 3s or something like that at the start mm -hmm. of the shift. And he offered me, he said, take a seat. And I go, no. So when it, you know, which doesn't sound like much, but the way I delivered it, you know. Mm -hmm. And this happened again recently when I was going through some bullshit with insurance. Mm -hmm. And they were completely wrong. Yeah. For anyone shopping for insurance, avoid Bel Air. <laughs> they are bloodless vampires. Well, they all are, really, if you think about it. But uh, I happened to be at my mom's place when I was on the phone with them. And when I got off the phone, she's like, wow, I can't believe, you know, how eloquent. She says, you know, she couldn't believe how eloquent I was on the phone. Because they were wrong, and I got pissed off enough, and it was just bam, 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 bam. This 
Yeah. The focus. Very focused yeah. remarks. Yeah, yeah. Not angry, not calling the guy an asshole, just yeah. pointing out the absence of logic. Yeah. See, I'm nothing like that. I always say, let me speak to somebody more important than you. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was getting the runaround. That was super condescending of me to say when I say stuff like that. Like, I don't want to speak to you because you can't answer my questions. <laughs> I'm that guy sometimes. I hate that. I hate that about me. But... And it, you know what? It never helps either. No. It never actually, never no. actually does anything good. I find that uh, they've been trained to just stop talking if, yeah, you, if you start yeah. to get offside. Someone told me that if you push the Rogers people a certain way, that they will just give you what you want just to get you off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that somewhere. Oddly, they're not pissing me off right now. No. Well, everybody gets mad at Rogers. But you know what? But what are you going to do? You're going to go to someone else and you're going to hate them too. I know. That's the problem with Canada. Canada has, well, I mean, they're freeing up some of these CRTC laws yeah, now yeah. where your phone can be unlocked and this stuff. But w America was doing that when cell phones first came out. Like, they always had <laughs> that plan. But uh, I remember I remember, I used to tour in, in the States with a what was called a one-rate plan. It was 600 bucks a month. Yeah. And I was touring, tour managing, and, and I wasn't paying it, but I was paying on my phone bill, 600 bucks a month in long distance and roaming fees. Holy shit balls. Because I was tour managing a band. <whistles> Today, it's like 50 bucks for the month. And that's, I get to keep my own yeah. phone number. Wow. Uh, you know, like, so we have made progress there. You know? When I was in England, um, I think it, well, what did I, it was like the equivalent of 25 Canadian dollars for 30 days, unlimited everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think now it's ten bucks a day and for ten days. So I, it's hundred bucks. I can't seem to be able to pay less than a hundred bucks, no matter how hard I try. I know. You know, when you're getting older, you don't worry about what your cell phone bill is. That's that's well, that's progress. That means you're getting older. <sighs> well, I think something happened with my wiring because all I can think about is the injustice. See, I I don't even think about it anymore. That's how I know I'm older. The other way I know I'm older is that when I go to the grocery store, I go, I'm gonna get that. I don't care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't stop me. I'm going to get them San Pellegrinos. Bam, they're in. They're there. Yeah. there. I, f I find, you know, I, I, I don't, I thought of this the other day. I don't think, you know, when I started making strange noises, I thought, I don't think old people are like falling apart. They just realize who cares. Yeah. You bend over to get something off bottom shelf. <laughs> you stand, yeah. stand back up. <laughs> yeah. And when you, when you, when you're older, you become more. I mean, uh, I could I could hold that in. Yeah, but you're not going. I don't want to. No, and when you're 90, it gets louder, or and when you're 85, it gets louder and it gets more racist. <laughs> it's true. As I mentioned to my grandmother, I was seeing a girl, and she very politely asked me her complexion. Oh wow! That see, that's but getting that's, older. You know, that's uh, doesn't matter. How old's your grandma? Uh, 92. Oh, okay. Well, I get that now. <clears throat> I understand. I understand, Grandma. You can't. You see, you know, you're set in your ways, right? Yeah. It's not racist. It's being set in your ways. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I had a. Damn, I had a point. It's okay. We're here all night. All right. How's your um... all night long? <laughs> I really appreciate you coming up here because there's you're like the fourth person to come up in 138 episodes. Because so. mm. that was a beautiful drive up. Yeah. Oh man, I got this. Badass rainbow picture. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's these big-ass storms coming through now. Yeah, it was crazy. We're in a weird and time. I was, I was watching it, like, sort of checking out my peripheral, and then all of a sudden, boop, gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
there was when I was driving up, just like the same thing. There was like this crazy one. If I had a real nice camera, I took this picture, I'd be able to say that God exists. It's right there. <laughs> no. 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 All right. Maybe it doesn't exist then. That's gonna that drives me nuts too. Atheist. Because you know logic and science. And stuff. <laughs> you and your logic. And science. And science and facts. Facts. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. So you're um. Oh good. Oh, I thought that stopped recording for a second. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so what's in the future for Mr. Dave Statham? Well, I do not know. Yeah? I'd like to get the Dirt Squirrels doing a gig again soon. That's a, is, okay. So, Dirt With Squirrels, you told me about this band a while. The, the Dirt Squirrel All Stars. It's Jason yeah. King on bass. Yes. Myself on the drums and singing. And Jason's also singing. And Tyler Smith on guitar and singing. And we got Trish Robb singing and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, Rob Bulger on guitar. There's a lot of people in the Dirt Squirrels. And Derek Iverson on keys. See, so try to get a rehearsal together, it'll never happen. Right. Try getting a gig together. That'll never happen. Mm. I got asked, we got asked to play a show at this new place in the city, my band, and I can't do it because I'm working. And it's like, I knew it's another reason we're getting older is that it's at the end of July and I can't do it because I'm scheduled to work. Mm. That means you're getting older. That's an old, <laughs> that's getting older fact. Also, you know, the guaranteed passage of time. I mean, there's a million different things that make you feel older. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I mean so you want to get your, you want to do that? I, what, feel older? Yeah, no, you want to get, you want to get dirt squirrels? Well, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, got uh, a few uh, swing shift shows this summer. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do need to get doing something. I mean, I just, you know, I just unlocked my hand. I can play guitar now. Right, right. I mean, I've been playing but i could never play a whole song before because my hand would seize right up like a yeah. claw explain that because you you did explain i thought that'd be great that you should be talking about this on the podcast but you you're telling me that your whole life you've been mm -hmm. feeling this pain and that you all of a sudden something snapped like yeah do that tell well, the story it's pretty cool so when i was you know, when i was a kid i broke my hand right we were getting a garage built and uh, there was a sledgehammer there and i tried to lift it I could not. Mm -hmm. I was I was unsuccessful. So the sledgehammer went down on my hand and uh, and broke it. So my mom's taking me to the hospital and she looks over the way my fingers are bent. Mm -hmm. I'm not screaming, but it looks like my hand has been through a wood chipper. She's like, what the hell? I'm like, well, I just, I hold them like this to uh, make it be comfortable. And that's mm -hmm. when we realized that I could bend my fingers way back. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that since day one. But I always wondered why the rest of my body wouldn't. And then I got the big snap in my back. Mm -hmm. And everything started to fall back into place. So from November, or like late October, until now, what's this? The uh, middle of June. Middle of June. Uh, I have been stretching around the clock. Um, when some of this stuff first happened, I stood and watched a movie. It was so comfortable to stand. Mm -hmm. I can now... I mean, it's, so, uh, right, I was had this syndrome, Ehlers-Donnell's syndrome, which uh, is a mutated gene, so I'm a mutant. Mm. You're from Oshawa. As I had long suspected. Uh, and that, it's like a protein deficiency or something. So okay. I'm very, very flexible. I also yeah. have flat feet and um, acid reflux. Yes. They're all correlated. Okay. Uh so, because my joints have been so loose over the course of my lifetime, the muscles have been seizing up 
to kind of hold me together. Mm-hmm. So at 45 years old, I got this big snap and I realized that my entire body has been locked up. So, you know, uh, my face, my whole face has unlocked and more parts keep unlocking. Like I keep finding pain I didn't know I had. Mm -hmm. So now I can breathe with ease. I could never take a deep breath without a stabbing pain before. My neck was squeezing my voice box. I've been getting paid to sing for 20 years. Yeah. So all this stuff just let go. And now I'm, I I just want to see what I can get away with. (laughs) And back to the thing with the monitors. It's such a struggle. Such a fight. Yeah. Every time. Get some in-ears. To be able to... No, 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 no. Because there's always going to be something else in the way. I've, I've got the in-ears. Yeah. Um, but there's always going to be some reason why it's not going to work. Sure. And uh, on a lot of gigs, I'm also the sound guy. So I'm like, I'm singing. I'm running. I'm listening to the other singer saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. running back to the board. In, and these banquet halls, you've seen these oh, yeah, yeah. things. They've got the ceiling is designed to suck up the low end or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just so, don't, um, don't sound good. They're good for eating. Yeah. They're yeah, good for banqueting. Yeah. Actually, I, I have done one where uh, it, the, it was the house guy. He knew the room, yeah. and the sound was fantastic. Yeah. Well, I did one up in Deerhurst, and it was a banquet hall, mm. big banquet hall. And it was good because we managed to focus what was going on because it was like i don't know if you've been to deerhurst in this uh, massive i think venue I it looks like a big it's almost like the size of a soccer field it feels like <laughs> and we were playing half of it or well i wasn't I've, i was mixing I've it but been to a hotel in the area yeah yeah but i mean i understand i mean to, to be able to uh yeah I, and and there's guys I, like i get it if you haven't if you haven't discovered it all the information isn't going to change your mind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like riding a bike. Sure. You can't just read a book about riding a bike and then go ride a bike. No. You got to find it out. Yeah. So <clears throat> I get that uh, sound guys aren't usually the guy on stage with the singing. Yeah, that's true. And standing by the monitor. Sure. But it's always a struggle to make them understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oftentimes they're like, the monitor's fine. Is it? Because you're kind of on the other side of the room. Yeah. And I'm, the sound is coming from inside my body. Now I'm dealing with bone conduction, things like that. Yeah. So with the monitor, I need the elements I'm not getting. I'm getting low end from the mains. Sure. Is this a guy just designated to do monitors or is this the guy at the no, front no, no, house? No, 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 no. I've never had that luxury. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this is what I got to deal with all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's really a constant struggle to explain. No, I things. get it. I understand. But I mean, there's, there's, we're in such a situation now where you can buy a digital board, you can have your own microphones, and you can do your own mix, and you can actually have your iPhone do all your stuff for you. Yeah, there's other people on stage. Sure. They're, um, you know, I've worked with a, a, lot of, a lot of keyboard players will have the amp right beside them pointing into my back. Oh, yeah. And then when they can't hear themselves, they crank that up. Oh, so yeah. it's coming through super loud and distorted mm-hmm. right into the back of my head. That sounds and like a dick. The monitor is usually not happening. That's a dick move. So. No, it's... I, I, don't, I don't get... A lot of people just don't get it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know. 
No, I, I... I mean, I'm in a position where I am dealing with that all of the time. Sure. So I know every possible thing that's that I'm going to have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they don't always know that. I'm... The whole sound traveling thing, it surprises me how many people don't understand that. <laughs> well, Like, if, if, if an amp is pointing directly at me, it's probably going to be too loud, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it depends on, you know, and the other the other fact is, is that whoever's about to play nice, because there's such a situation where, uh, you know, as you, this is nothing about getting older. As I get older, I don't worry about my volume on my guitar amp anymore. Mm. I don't care. So I'll let someone else deal with it. Well, I just, but, my, my thing is it's not confusing anymore. Yeah, yeah. But at, at this stage of the game, it's not confusing anymore. I've spent... So now it's just... Yeah. Maybe but you I've just don't care. My whole life worrying about everybody around me that now it's like I play in a band right now where we don't even practice. We just show up and play shows. And I'm at this point now where it's like, if I can hear myself, it's going to be a better show. Whereas yes. before... We tour in this other band I played in. We were so worried about making everybody happy and sound and this and that. And now it's like, because we only play like three times a year, it's like mm-hmm. turns into a big blowout fest. Yeah. And there's a difference between being loud and being good sounding and loud. Because mm-hmm. my gear is good sounding and it can go loud. So I'm always like willing to, you know, bend a little bit. But yeah. when we're playing... Well, that's that's when I learned about frequencies mm-hmm. um you know a monitor does not have to be blazing loud no just needs to sound good you just have to bump. it can be it can be quiet yeah but as long as that right frequency is coming through yeah it's going to complete the sound and i honest to god i feel when it works and it rarely happens maybe once a year mm. but when it really works Singing is the easiest goddamn thing in the world. Yeah. It is so easy, and I can do any goddamn thing I want. You remember the good ones, too. But like, it's it maybe once a year. Yeah. No, I remember a guy uh, gave me great monitors at the Phoenix, and I'll never forget how good they sounded. Yeah. And that, to me, was a benchmark of, like, nothing will sound this good ever anyways. Yeah. So now, <laughs> now I realize that I get distracted. Yeah. Um, if, like, if, if uh, I don't know if I'm, playing with uh, with swing shift or a, a large-ish band, whatever. If You know, I, I, I've done it in the past where uh, there's something that should be in the tune, and if it's not there, a certain shot or something like that, it steals my attention. Right, yeah. And if I'm fighting to get to a note, uh, that'll steal my attention. If I end up thinking about too many other things, then yeah. everything suffers. So now when the monitor's working right... yeah. And I'm getting those highs, and I can, I can hear my S's and T's, and I can hear that breath coming and going. Then I can do anything at any volume. It, no, I get it. It's a confidence thing too. It, no, it's it's not even a confidence thing. Yeah. This is now it's now we're getting back to the science, the mechanics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, uh, but like if if the monitor is wrong, I, I've had it happen where all the air is coming out of me, and I don't even know if I'm making a sound or not. Right. It can really, really, really screw you up. Absolutely. So the whole time I was on the ship, we do the three sets a day. It was a pretty rough situation on that <laughs> ship. Like the band leader was a, he shouldn't have been there, but he's good at bullshitting people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he bullshit the people that hired him. He bullshits, bullshit, bullshits. 
and then would make things extremely difficult for us. So after every set, every single set, every single day for the five-month contract, <laughs> I believe there were five days where I did not perform. Yeah. After every set, I go back to my room holding my throat. Yeah. And I could not make him understand. Right. And uh, then the, the kid that worked his way up from the laundry room to do sound got tired of me asking him to fix the sound. So he right. complains to his boss. The boss tells everyone to ignore me, anything I ask for. Huh. Yeah. So that's great, right? So that now I'm sounds like a... right until the very last day. It was extremely difficult. Wow. Well, I guess maybe the last day was like, I'm out of here, so who cares? No, I, <laughs> I just mean as far as doing the best job I can vocally. Yeah. It was made, it was deliberately made difficult for me every single day. Huh. Yeah. That doesn't sound like fun. No, but uh, good things happen. Yeah. You know, there was there were times when things would work sure. on stage, but it was and that's just like a smaller group I just, too, right? It it's very hard to not be proud of what you're doing every day. Yeah, well, when it turns into a job, like this is the other thing too. When no, it, it was like there's a job. Yeah, but this was borderline abuse. Like yeah. he <laughs> had power over us, and he played it every chance he got. Really? Yeah. What was his What was his agenda? Don't know. Really? Because everybody has an agenda. Well, uh, was he a small person? No. <laughs> no, I just think he was. Uh, I mean, there was some faulty wiring, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think maybe brutal. he was. Uh, he maybe was lacking some confidence in himself, and he sure. needed to bully people to. Yeah, there's those people out there. Like what? What possible excuse could you have? For not wanting everyone in your band to do a good job. Yeah. I mean, you're a very confident person. And if you're not, if someone's faking confidence, then it's going to offend them. Because how can someone this confident be so confident? Right? You think about it in his in his shoes. You think about, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I'm in the same boat. I, I meet people and I start messing with them because I think it's fun. You know, it's fun to do. This one lady kept showing to me, this is the CD. And I go, great. And then, this is the USB stick. So I go, CD? Yes. USB stick. Yes. CD? Yes. Mm. So I just kept going until she went and looked at me and went, okay, now you're fucking with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I like to over-explain things. But to that's, that, to me, that's my, that's my way of going, yeah. I get it. I get it. But that's confidence. No, this, that's confidence. this guy was lacking something and he told me... Um, I mean, God, there were so many things. Yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't allowed to sell my CD. Okay. Because he didn't think it was the right time. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, what else? Like, he was plugged into his amp, but he's got the front of the amp up against something, and he says, that's my sound. But he's going direct. Sure. So that's... But he's a keyboard player, right? No, bass player. Bass player, okay. Yeah, yeah. So his amp, the front of it, is up against a cabinet, but he's going direct. Oh. So only he is hearing his sound. And everybody else is getting this real sharp, awful sure. sound. You explained this guy to me the last time I talked to you. Yeah. You yeah. you were talking to me so about this guy. It's things like that. He's like a shitty he, bass player. He should know better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just... Uh, it just knocks the wind right out of you when you think you're getting to the next level. And you got to be on a boat with this person for five months. Yeah. You think you're getting to the next level, and it's it's hard. when it, things, it starts yeah. to look like 
people are deliberately trying to keep you from getting anywhere. Yeah. Well, it starts to look that way. I know it's all in my head. I, I think it is. I truly think you, you make situations and situations open and mm -hmm. close all the time. Like, uh, it happens all the time. And I've become a very strong um, believer in the universe. The universe is, is this magical, crazy thing that karma prevails. And whatever mm -hmm. you do in life, there's a decision you make. If you eat too much fatty foods, you might have heart disease. If you drive like an asshole, you might get killed in a car crash. If you offend a lot of people along the way in the music industry, they might not want to hang out with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And if you're a good person... Even that can be a damaging thing because yeah. then they'll be can take advantage of you. Yes, I have been in many situations so where I've been walked over. And yeah, it's like, well, I could take a stand. Yeah, and then my life would be fucking annoying. Absolutely, and the problem with with when you're when you're your own entity, we talked about this a little bit before, like when you're your own entity and your own brand. And I've been in this trap before where someone starts screwing you over, and you call them on their bullshit and say, "You're screwing me over." Well, you're now the person that plays in the band who's the dick and the guy that's hard to work with. So when you're the guy that's hard to work with, that's usually the responsibility of a manager type person that can be that person and can yeah. separate themselves from art and become business. And that's always been a tricky thing with me. It was always trying to like, when you call someone on their bullshit, sometimes it's not a good time and a place to call them on their bullshit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's good just to put your hands together and go eat that shit like it's you know what i mean and then live to fight another day yeah and well you know we did fight another day yeah um and it was much uglier this time <laughs> so i went back and i was going to do a three-month contract right uh but it um because it was a different ship so we were playing in a different bar and only in that one spot okay do a couple things here and there but we had our stuff in that spot that was our spot mm -hmm. um so now we could hear ourselves better. Sure. You could just because the, the sound at the room was better, the s system was set up better. Mm -hmm. So now he had to find a different way to screw with us. <laughs> and then uh, I remember on the last day, like the drummer is pounding as hard as he can because he can't hear himself. Sure. Keyboard player's arms are killing him. He can't hear himself. My throat is exploding. He took the low end out of the monitor just for fun. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then I think uh, later on that night we did a set. Told him he was being a hack, which he was. Did you tell him in front of people? No, I, it was off mic. Okay. It was dur during the solo. Okay. <laughs> I lean back, that. I'm like, man, you're being a hack. He yeah. Goes, you better watch it. You're on thin ice. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not coming back. Yeah. So I said, you know, at that volume, you'd think you could play some right notes. Oh! In front of people? No, no, off the mic. Okay, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then he's like, "Get off my stage!" Whoa! Yeah, Pfft. yeah. He t actually he told I was told to go to my cabin. I really? laughed in his face. Really? He does not have that power. Oh, okay. It's just he's the MD, though, right? Bass player, MD. No, musical director. Yeah. What was he then? No, he was just the leader of our little. Oh, okay. Outfit. Wow. Okay. God damn. Yeah, that was a humiliating day when I had the musical director, also a bass player. Yeah. And then our bass player. And the cruise director. And I'm in this room getting shit on by all three of them. Oh, fuck. They're like taking turns. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The It's, you know, I kind of want to argue with you when you talk about my confidence. Yeah. It was a it was a pretty shitty thing. I mean, it was a great situation. I met so many amazing people and had 
tons of fun. Saw right. incredible things that I would never see in my lifetime if I hadn't done this. Sure. Um, I think the takeaway is that people are scared of losing their jobs and they'll do anything they'll do to to keep their jobs. Just like any well, other real no, corporation it was, it, out there. It wasn't even that. He just was more concerned about ruling people. Yeah. Like the, he had had, you know, many people had been through that band and they couldn't figure yeah. out why he yeah. had, couldn't keep a band together. How old was this guy? Uh, late, early 60s, late 50s. Ah, uh, okay. I don't, I don't want to get a name and names. Or, oh. Or focusing on the negative. <laughs> I was able to tan slightly. Oh, yeah. When I was in the Caribbean. Yeah. No, nice. I mean, see, I mean, on the outside, I've heard some crazy stories with ships and how people work and how they just get worked, yeah. you know. And I've heard crazy stories. You know, a friend of mine's out doing something right now with Cirque du Soleil, but he's not working for the cruise line. He's actually working for Cirque du Soleil. Oh, So nice. he's getting the nice ride yeah. where he's doing all the programming. It's one of the first Cirque du Soleil's on a ship, actually, in the Mediterranean. So he's right on. he's living the life of Raleigh right now. But, but he, there's other people who've worked on crews and it's like when you're boy three or boy two or whatever they, however they, they do that whole thing with all like their, their musicals and whatever their theatric parts of it. It's like, it sounds horrible. <laughs> just sounds uh, disgusting. No, the band, like I was on a, a princess ship and uh, the, the stage band was always fantastic players. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things used to be very different. Sure. So there was a time when, you know, some guy would like bullshit his way into uh, the trombone chair. Sure. He shows up. Yeah, I don't have a trombone. I don't even play. <laughs> Just to get a free cruise. Right, 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 so right. They had to get uh, get a little more persnickety. Yeah. A friend of mine went out and did a, it was a, it was a swingers cruise. Mm. It was a, and he told some funny stories I can't tell because he told me not to tell any of them, but there were some like insane antics going on. And not only that, it was like half of it was just normal families. What? And then the other half, so they they'd separated the ship somehow to be in two different parts. And uh, I thought I was going to get all the juicy stories. And then he was like, just like, I can't talk about it. I'm like, God damn, I want you to put you on the show and talk about all the crazy <laughs> stories. Because <laughs> he was in the, there was a cover band. He was part of a cover band that would just play. Yeah. Every day, all time. Oh, there was, was a fucking great. Yeah, there was a great. The second ship I was on, there was this great band from Czech Republic or something. Really, lovely people, young, yeah, yeah. like I don't know, mid to late twenties or something. Yeah. And it's funny the 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 girl singer. She was you know this very sweet, pretty thing. Very, very pretty. Very, very sweet. Sure. And then she gets up on stage. And she's got these fucking pipes. Yeah. Just yeah. holy hell, rip <laughs> the place apart. Really? Oh yeah, I saw some killer musicians on the ship. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to go back to that? Like, what's your... Uh, what's well, your if thing? I could... Uh, yeah, if I could uh, get that together, that would probably be cool. Like, how, how does one do... You have contacts. Like, how does one, you know... Well, see, here's the thing. I would have to go back, try to go back as a, uh, as a guest entertainer. Right. Which is a far trickier thing. Because it's a little higher and... Well, now I've got to put together... A show. Like, three 45-minute sets. Yeah. I got to get the charts for those tunes. I got to have my banter and everything figured out. Uh, which has never been a problem for me. No, no, of course. <laughs> like, I do better if I don't make up stuff. Sure. Because yeah, then yeah, I'm yeah. struggling to remember it and I screw it up and then I'm off. Sure, yeah. So anytime I've had to get on a mic and be funny, I just, like, yeah. yeah. I don't think of anything and as I'm walking up, I'm relaxed because I know 
when I grab that and open my mouth, something, something funny's gonna happen. come out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've always been an entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> always been entertaining. Yeah. Grow, growing up in the front of the in front of the TV was very helpful. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's it's it's funny how I mean we should probably start wrapping up a little bit, but it's funny how life it kind of always just sort of things people end up where they're kind of they're gonna be. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're not gonna be a lawyer. No, I'm not gonna be a lawyer. You're born to entertain people, and that's what you're gonna do. Yeah. And you know, that, there's something to be said about that because you're doing it for the fact that that's what you do. Yeah. And, and I am. I am. My confidence can be questioned. I'll be the first to question it. Mm-hmm. But in matters that I truly believe, my confidence is unwavering. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I believe that I'm good enough at what I do that something's going to happen. Well, that's good. I mean, optimism is always optimism. Mm. No optimism. Listen to you. Optimism. It's based on fact. It's fact? science. Okay. Cold hard science. Facts. Really. I'm, yeah, I can, I take into consideration the things that I do when I'm, when I'm singing, I'm like, all of these uh, qualities are right where I believe they should be. Good. For me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. now that the muscles have let go, it's yeah. like my mind was always on pitch. Yeah. And uh, now the, the meat does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It's crazy. You need a manager. Yes, I do. You need a manager. You Any know, managers out there? You know, I wouldn't say, like, I'm definitely not going to say that uh, now is the best time of my life. But I mm-hmm. will tell you this. I've never been deeper into a period of figuring stuff out, you know? Well, good for you, man. Like, with the body coming apart, yeah, I realized that anything I had been told before did not apply to my situation. Yeah. I don't, could... I don't know anyone that's able to bend this much and was completely locked up. It's been their entire life. It has yeah. affected them inside and out. That sounds, yeah, it's huge. And uh, now to be able to bend in ways I could when I was a kid, it like brings back memories. Yeah. It's very strange. I just want to go through the night, sleep, and not have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> or, like an old guy, don't worry about it. Hey. <laughs> don't get all hung up on who pissed what. Yeah. No. I just... <laughs> well, thanks for doing oh. the show, man. You're well, a, hey, thanks for having you're me. You're a great guest, and thanks for coming up. I'm very proud of myself for wrapping it up with uh, comic points. That was a good one. That was yeah, a good one. Thanks, like man. we planned it. Dave Statham, everybody. That was fun. It was a good episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in every week after week after week after week. I'm at the 140th episode, everybody. you got 60 more, and that'll be 200. Yep, that's called math. That's what we do. Thank you so much for supporting the show by going to appleock.ca slash Amazon or appleock.ca slash US Amazon. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you, everybody, for doing that. I see that people buy stuff. I don't know who's buying stuff, so don't worry. Like, if you buy something freaky-deaky, I won't know who it is. Uh, I, won't, I won't judge. But you know what? It'd be fun. The weirdest thing purchased... Send me a picture of the the purchase. Uh, I guess when whatever you get the readout on your computer, you purchased it. The weirdest thing will we'll get a free T-shirt, and I will personally mail it to you. Okay, so whoever buys the weirdest, coolest thing, even the coolest thing, I'll send you a T-shirt. How about that? Okay, 
there's that. There you go. There's a there's a contest. We have a contest, everybody. So, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in the episode. Again, we will be here next week with a fresh and exciting new episode. I got some great guests lined up this week or next week, I guess is what we're saying. We'll see you again. Bye.